Hello and welcome to episode numbers two. Um, today we have a special guest. Uh, he is living in Hong Kong. His name is Vishal Hemrajani. And let me tell you that uh, he started a business family. Well, not started, he joined a business family of clothing, men's clothing, but he was always looking for something uh, related to technology. That's why he was involved in programming websites and attended RMIT University in 2001. Although remaining on the business for several years, uh, he went to a postgraduate in digital business and he will be uh, graduating in six months. That's awesome. And I, something I really, uh, uh, I, I'm, uh, it's really interesting that he's always uh, looking a way to empower people and share knowledge as well. Um, the interest of uh, spirituality, self-development, and mixing with uh, technology is really amazing. And he will be telling us his story. So Vishal, very welcome to this uh, podcast. Plus, I want to share that you are the founder uh, and host of Inspiration Direct. Welcome. Thank you so much, Christian. Thank you for the wonderful uh, intro. And uh, yes, I'm the founder and host of uh, Inspired Direct and uh, looking forward to this conversation with you. Oh, great. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be with you. Uh, I, uh, I thought it was inspired. Inspiration or inspired? Initially, it was inspiration, but I changed it to Inspired Direct. Oh, great. Uh, so, Vishal, can you tell us a little bit about your story, please? Yeah, so um, I was always, uh, let me start with uh, what uh, happened initially with regards to my journey on the technical front. Uh, one of my friends introduced me to Microsoft front page, and I was like, well, let's check this out. And um, wow, that completely changed my life because um, you could uh, basically express yourself to the world in such an easy and convenient way without even knowing much programming. So that was, um, that got me into um, exploring the internet and what we can do with it more. And as time progressed, I learned programming, I learned um, Flash, Macromedia Flash, and now, obviously, uh, you know, technology has changed a lot, and uh, I haven't been programming that much. But um, this started when I was about 12, and uh, I just kept on creating websites, and any spare time I got, I was into all kinds of books, computer-related, uh, programming-related books, and it completely mesmerized me that you can almost be uh, like a creator yourself, like a mystic and conjure up um, anything that you literally want online. And uh, as technology evolved, we could uh, you know, do more and more. Now we have um, social media, video sharing platforms, and um, all, all kinds of things. And you know, just the medium that we're using right now, technology is enabling us 
to connect with each other and learn so much that uh, we, we would not be able to just a couple of decades back, you know. We went from uh, wired telephones over to uh, wireless smartphones and God knows maybe tomorrow we're going to have chips inserted or something like that. But um, the, the evolu evolution of technology and uh, disruption that it's been causing are two um, very uh, important things to consider because on one hand, yes, we do see its positive aspects and on the other, we see so many lives changing in ways that uh, they don't uh, always appreciate, you know, we can understand that. Yes, it's true. Plus, there is a kind of fear of technology sometimes. I think it's like, uh, the fear is coming from the, uh, the movie. I don't know, it's, um, it's like the robots are taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of that. And um, they're not wrong. I mean, the fear is um, definitely uh, founded on some truth. And I feel that um, it's going to change things and how we see humanity. It's so, so important, I feel. This is why I feel it's so important to uh, balance things out. You know, I mean, we're basically seeing an extension of the left brain. You know, so much um, logic. Uh, especially you can see that in programming, right? It's all about logic and um, organizational control and order and uh, proficiency. And that's why I'm so um, thrilled to see so many people on, um, on our podcast uh, group who are basically into self-development, healing, spirituality. And I can see the right brain kind of springing up and trying to balance that uh, imbalance that the extension of the left brain is causing. Mm -hmm. And uh, although I see that um, there are grounds for fear, but uh, I, I see those people who can adapt to the changes and who can really understand what's going on um, soon enough, I think they can in fact use technology and leverage it to improve their lives and in fact find more... Um, you know, God-given creativity uh, that's latent within them. And uh, in fact, we can use AI to basically cover all the routine tasks that we had to do a couple of few decades back. And uh, so we can free up for more uh, creative intelligence. Yes, that is right. We can use that technology in order to help us to evolve also. That we can, yeah, we can stop doing like... Things that are like routine things, we can leave those things for the robots or AI and start doing things that will help us to grow and in the spirit and as a person. So I think if we focus and uh, help that way, the technology, uh, it'll be awesome. And that's why I think you're trying to do that mix, right? Can you explain us uh, about how is the mix that you're trying to do with between technology and growing and self-development? Absolutely. Um, what I realized was, uh, you know, everybody, uh, well, I, I had a very curious mind growing up. And I know a lot of people are very curious. They want to know more about reality. And... Um, 
we all come to a point where we question what's going on, what is our purpose, why are we here? And we look up into the sky and we can see so much magnificent glory, but it's all left so unexplained, right? Nobody's there to really explain it. We don't have the intuition. Well, not everybody does to understand it, you know, um, telepathically or something. And um, there are times that uh, we feel lost. We feel lost and we're looking for answers. And with technology, we can connect with one another and uh, research and hear people's stories, hear their explanations. And we couldn't do that before. You know, I mean, yeah, you could go over to the library, spend hours and hours searching for books, even if it exists um, based on what you're trying to find out. And now you can go to Google and find out anything you want. You know, I mean, on the self-development front and on self-discovery front, um, you know, there, there's so much knowledge out there that it's incredible. And um, it's kind of basically taking our evolution maybe hundredfolds faster, I believe. Um, and it's driven a lot of self-awareness as well because you can find out you know, before we were depending so much on beliefs because we didn't really have, um, you know, so much communication with each other to really verify what the truth is and how other people's experiences with regards to what we believe, what we think is true. So I think uh, technology is, uh, has helped with that, especially when it comes to information. That's where it has done its wonders. It has basically helped. Um, and, and, you know, some people argue the negative side of that too, that we're kind of drowning in a sea of content and information now. But I think our uh, current challenge would be to basically extract the wisdom out of, you know, the sea of content and information out there. And I think people are effectively doing that because we're getting more, more and more tech savvy. You know, we're having um, so many people, almost every age range has already adapted to technology and, um, you know, companies are making it easier and easier for everybody to be uh, involved. So it has helped a lot. Yes, a lot. And as you said, technology nowadays has allowed to be aware of, of global, well, globally aware, I could say. Globally aware, exactly. Yeah, because right now we are uh, talking you are in Hong Kong, I'm in Bolivia, yeah. and half work away. And of course, uh, something that you mentioned, and it's really uh, amazing, it's uh, even being close, uh, people have a different uh, beliefs. And this is changing. Well, not changing. Actually, be, we are being aware of that. And that's good because we are being more respectful and not afraid of other cultures, other thoughts, other beliefs. And this is, I, I believe, it's really helping a lot of technology. Absolutely. And we Please, go ahead. Go, 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 please. And uh, we see uh, so much uh, cultural heritage being shared um, from, uh, from all around the world, which was just not... Um, which was very hard to do before. I mean, you'd literally have to read from books, use your imagination, or maybe see, you know, photos, 
um, maybe some documentaries at most, you know, and that, that was not so freely and widely available to everybody. And now we can see, you know, the reach of technology is just tremendous. I mean, it's down to the villages even. So it's kind of um, driving this uh, collective evolution. Yeah, totally. Now, um, something I, I wonder and I would like to ask is why do you think it's important to find meaning in life? I know it's a change of topic, but um, you mentioned that this is, is um, well, I guess it's, it's, it's important, but I would like to find out why do you think and how we could do it? Basically, I feel the root of this question goes um, quite deep and we can see um, that there's a lot of contradiction in life. Um, and we always look for the right way to do things. But, you know, there are so many so-called right ways and certain um, ideas uh, work in certain situations and in certain situations, the same thing does not work. So um, how will you know what is truly right if you don't know what the absolute truth is? And that question came to me um, when I was about 17 or 18. And I was like, wow, you know, there are so many contradictions out there. And how, how do we know what's absolutely true and what's absolutely right? And that's where I think my quest for uh, meaning began. And um, obviously, you know, self-consciousness, I think, is the biggest mystery that's out there. And nobody can really explain it. Even science can't really explain it. And everybody's giving different explanations for it. And then we see so many philosophies, religion, every, every, everybody's just talking about it. And there's so many different opinions about it. Um, and uh, what, what is the right answer with regards to that, I think is very controversial. Although there's been, I mean, this debate has been going on for centuries and thousands and thousands of years. They've, you know, been scriptures going back, um, you know, thousands of years, uh, answering this question. And I think um, ever since the beginning of time, you know, when uh, since, since humanity has had self-consciousness, this question has always been, um, you know, asked. So mm. I, I feel uh, the answer lies, I think the answer is more simple than we think. But um, I just believe I've come to I shouldn't say I've come to conclude because life is always evolving and new insights keep coming through, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely um, all perfect in a way. You know, it may not be all nice. It may not be all bad, but uh, whatever is, is, and, and it's, uh, it's perfection manifest. Correct. Well, yes, it is really deep. <laughs> And uh, having this awareness or being able to find it, it's really hard sometimes. And I think uh, a lot of people get lost. Actually, they don't try to even find a meaning. And this is something I would, uh, I would like to help. 
do, do you when you had that moment uh, that you said it was 17 years old right uh do you remember why why you start thinking about that or did it did something happen a special event it's quite interesting because um I uh, spent about six or seven years in India before I came to Hong Kong. And Hinduism extensively talks about reincarnation. And uh, it, it, it can get quite in depth about um, you know, spiritual matters and what the journey is beyond uh, the physical body. And the curiosity was always there and it was coming back to me time and again um, throughout my growing years. But um, what really... Um, got me thinking further. I mean, I could not find any information. And this is why I um, love technology because, you know, it's made everything so uh, widely available and we can get information from all sources now. But um, in fact, in this case, it was a book. What happened, I was flying over to New York once. I think it was, yeah, when I was about 17. And I saw um, a book uh, by Brian Weiss that talks about uh, the journey of um, basically the uh, soul's journey in between lifetimes. And uh, I'm not sure if I have the title correct, but it was Many Lives, Many Masters, I think. Mm -hmm. And I picked up that book on the airport. I knew it's going to be a long flight, mm -hmm. but uh, something just, you know, that, that book just caught my attention. And uh, I was like, wow, I was looking for this kind of information for a long time because nothing had come from the Western front concerning concerning reincarnation and anything to do with what happens after death and so on. And it's been so controversial, right? So coming from um, a Western uh, psychologist, um, it, was, uh, it was very interesting to read. And after that, I looked for a lot more information online and uh, found different sources talking about their experiences. Although it can be argued that it's quite subjective in nature but um, it was still very interesting that so many other people think about this and are curious about this. And there are, um, you know, licensed psychiatrists and psychologists who have gone out and written books about it openly now. And they definitely see some truth, mm -hmm. truth to it. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I in fact bought some of my friends that book, you know, when I was in Europe. I'm like, hey, read this, you know. Ah, really? What did they say about it? Yeah, I mean, um, it just went uh, over some people's head, of course, but some people really appreciated it because I think the author made everything so clear and simple. Mm. Um, and the stories were also uh, pretty well explained. And it came from his own clinical experience. So that was, uh, that was quite remarkable. And he went on to write several books after that, uh, after that too and help, uh, held uh, workshops helping people to, uh, I, I think it's, um, he does it through the process of hypnosis, although I've never really experienced that or gone into it. But um, yeah, I think that that was uh, something that was quite remarkable. Uh, really interesting. I've heard about the author. I think it was about, um, I'm not, I don't remember also the, the title but i think it was about meditation or deep 
uh, hypnosis. So yes. that's the way I found out about him. And I, I think we are one, even though we, uh, we believe there are three ways of, of the body, the mind, and, and the spirit, for as I say. And I think we are all one, but we divide it. Maybe we divided to have it uh, like better connection for us, they say. But seeing as one also empowers uh, the full us. And this is I would like to talk about a little about uh, about health and fitness. That it's really important, even though you are a businessman or entrepreneur or whatever. Having a good health and fitness, it's important. And I think you are agree with me, right? Absolutely. And it's uh, amazing what the body can do because um, I was very unhealthy. You know, I never really took care of my health. And, um, you know, I loved my Coke and uh, my junk food, my fries and everything. But um, when you actually focus on your health in the right way, then um, and uh, what the right way is is different for everybody even with regards to exercise um, exercising beyond what is necessary i don't think is really um, the best way to go in the long run so fitness and health um, is uh, it's a very personal thing and uh, i had this experience with uh, pushing my limits when i joined martial arts and um, Maybe I can uh, talk a bit about that. Yes, please. So um, I was so unhealthy. I was so angry with myself. I knew that my body was capable of more. And uh, no matter what I ate, drank, you know, I mean, it gave me momentary pleasure. And, you know, um, kind of satiated my hunger for a while and all that. But uh, in the long run, like, you know, I was just not feeling very good. I knew something was wrong and something had to be done about it. I wasn't feeling strong. I wasn't feeling, um, you know, and, and, and I could see that there were people who were older than me and in the winters they would be able to, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they would uh, be able to hold themselves together much better than me. My hands were getting cold and I was like, what's going on here, you know? Um, so I felt something with regards to health was missing and I just wanted to go crazy and do something extreme and challenge myself and really push myself to the limits. And uh, that's when I decided to push myself into martial arts. And uh, for a second, I thought, you know, it's going to be a breeze. Yeah. You know, I, I felt strong. Every young guy does go in there and, you know, uh, dominate or something. But uh, that was quite an experience. That was quite an experience that basically challenged me to another level because uh, initially I, I had a very easygoing teacher and then uh, it was quite the opposite. You know, my next teacher completely, he was very, very strict, you know, and there were times I felt I'm going to pass out and uh, they're going to need to hospitalize me or something. And uh, every you know, night I'd go back home, I would be like, do I need to do this? Should I continue? This is not necessary. What's it going to do for me? And every night after, uh, you know, the two hour uh, 
session. I just felt like a uh, part of me just wanted to quit, you know, but, um, you know, that encouragement from, uh, from my teacher, he, uh, even though he pushed me to the limits and he saw basically how much I was struggling, he told me, you know what, you have it in you, you can do it. And I know you can. So those words of encouragement, that belief in me basically got me to the next eight years of my martial arts journey. And that was very, very important. And that's uh, when I learned what the body is capable of. You know, I mean, I went through injuries. I went through uh, so many psychological hurdles, doubts. And, uh, you know, there's a very, very uh, famous proverb in the Japanese language called fall down seven times, stand up eight. Mm -hmm. And um, that's basically the motto I had that got me through my experience in martial arts. Um, and that changed a lot about how I viewed my health, how I uh, dealt with things mentally, and um, how I looked at possibilities from, from there onwards. That's great. That a <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know you were eight years in martial arts. That's really interesting. That's a long time. <laughs> what kind of martial art was it? Well, um, in Muay Thai is when, where um, I spent most of my time in. And I was trained by, um, for, for most of my years, I was trained by Sam Kaur. And he's a world famous uh, Muay Thai fighter. And most of his fights have been in the Lumpini Stadium. And uh, he basically um, also pushed me to the limits. Before that, um, I trained uh, Wing Chun, which is a very famous martial art that uh, Bruce Lee started with as well and very famous in Hong Kong. And um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great experience with Wing Chun. It, came, uh, it comes from a very deep philosophy and it's connected to spirituality to some degree as well. But then, you know, with the onset of MMA and UFC, I was driven more to kind of really, you know, go a little bit more hardcore. And I joined uh, Kyokushin Karate. And uh, from there, it went on to basically the mix of Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai. That's where I ended up for most of my years. And it was tough. Yes, I imagine. <laughs> But it's interesting the way you find out how the body can be pushed and what is capable And also using the mind and using really changing your habits in food. Uh, it was really pushing for uh, pushing yourself. Absolutely. And that's when you discover that you have to be very careful about what you're eating, because basically that's fuel. If you eat garbage, then you're not really going to be able to perform. And when you eat the right stuff, basically your body, I think what makes a good athlete is the ability to recover. And when you eat garbage, you can get energy to go out there and perform, but you're not going to recover as well. So I feel with eating the right stuff, your recovery process, you know, there's, there's less um, burden to your body and the right kind of energy is provided for you to recover and go on for your next session the next day. That can be pretty demanding because, you know, if you're doing MMA, then you're doing weights one day, sparring one day, you're doing jujitsu one day, Muay Thai one day, and wrestling work you know, um, the other day. And it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty tough on the body. And, and, and even though you choose to specialize, like how my uh, main uh, 
my speciality was Muay Thai. You're still doing the other things as well, you know, wrestling, jujitsu, and um, all the other drills that go along with it. So uh, I think I think the way uh, the way we uh, view our food is very very important. It's definitely a part of the mix, and it's later I um, realized how it's changed the way I feel about myself as well. Your body feels lighter, your mind is more clearer. Um, you know your ability to think deeply and focus increases. So food food does a lot. We are what we eat, as they say. Yes, totally. I agree. I did a big change also, um, well, two different changes, and it really helped me. I really noticed. The first change was uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer, diagnosed, and I started changing my food. It helped me passing through all those, that moment, but the, the second change is, was when I decided to stop eating meat and I become vegan. Oh, wow. I, You're a vegan? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. And I noticed a different change also. I was feeling good before, but now I feel, as you say, lighter. I feel like I can absorb more things and sleeping better. So it's totally, as you said, you are what you eat. You what you eat. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So your your journey with cancer, basically you feel that changing your diet was one of the main things that actually helped you to recover? Uh, well, I think yes, yes. Actually, that was the point where body and mind, yes, body and mind was aware because I changed uh, my food habits but also I start to go deeper and understand the mind. And that's where my journey of self-development begins. And it's really interesting. Um, because uh, one thing, it's the food. It really helped me to recover faster. But also it was the certainty that I will be healed. It was uh, in my mind that. The mindset, yeah, yes. the belief. Wow, yes. wow, it's amazing. It's no joke recovering from cancer. So that's definitely a, a very um, a very great feat. Bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It was the enlightened moment, as uh, I say, Kenshi moment that helped me. That was the hardest. Well, I had other parts in my life that were hard, but that was the hardest and make me grow faster. And I would like to go with this and ask you the same. Can you choose the hardest moment in your life and how it helped you? Yes. So basically, um, I think one of my most, uh, there, there have been many challenges, but uh, I think uh, what was very significant and defining for me was when uh, my parents moved uh, to Hong Kong and at that time um, I had already uh, you know made friends in India I had a large joint family we were living in a joint family there with about uh, 12 people mm. and um, everything was different totally different you know coming to Hong Kong beautiful city wonderful city um, 
but I wasn't really prepared for the change because I was not told that we were moving to Hong Kong. And I was really, I really loved my grandparents the most. So that was a very big change to come to Hong Kong. And mom, dad were also very busy, you know, establishing, dad was busy establishing his business. Mom was also um, quite busy adjusting to the changes and having to uh, take care of two children. Um, you know, our uh, home was quite small at that time. And our uh, home in India was big. So friends, family, you know, uh, residents. And, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, moving was different. Like right now, if you move, it's different. You still, you know, you have the internet and you can connect to everybody so easily. You know, and there's like shipping and you get what you want, what products, you know, you like eating and what you're used to and stuff. And back in the day, it wasn't really like that. So it was a big change for me. Although uh, my parents did their best so I could, uh, you know, have a good experience in Hong Kong. I was put into a good international school and made a lot of friends. It was quite multicultural and it was nice and everything. But still, it took a while for me to uh, adjust. Uh, I never really imagined, you know, I had never really been outside India until that, uh, till that time. And all of a sudden, like, um, uh, moving to a different city permanently. Uh, was uh, was was life changing, but that basically helped me to appreciate uh, multiculturalism and basically see uh, you know more um, basically to be more friendly, to open up a little bit more, and um, you know I have always been introverted, but I think that one experience um, helped me to uh, go out there you know a little bit more and. Um, see everybody as one larger family i would say mm, yes totally it's really interesting but it's a big hit because it's a change it's like going from cold to hot or vice versa because it's totally different um i i understand i don't know india i would love to go i will go someday i know hong kong and i i think it it's a big change Because um, you see, even the movement is fast. The places are small, smaller, and people are also. It's different. So, it, so I I imagine how was it? What what age was was it? Do you remember? It was about uh, between six to seven. And actually, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, moving around now, and that's fine. But you know, I think it was the age that basically. Um, You know, I already settled down in India with my school. I was already in kindergarten, had all my friends and saw life in a certain way. Now, if I was like two years old, it wouldn't be the same. It would be a lot more easier, you know. But having um, had like six or seven uh, years um, experienced already and then moving, um, especially back in those times, that, that kind of uh, was a little bit difficult for the first couple of years. But uh, then after that, I fell in love with Hong Kong and here till today, you know, it's a beautiful yeah. city. And um, but 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 yeah, that that was an experience that uh, taught me how to really, you know, open up and interact with people and how to, you know, embrace different cultures and learn positive things from each other. So, yeah, that, that was uh, a very good experience when I look back at it. Yeah, Made some wonderful friends. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because it's like open up your mind in a hard way. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I could see that if I didn't have that experience, maybe I would be a far more narrow-minded person now. I feel I can connect with uh, people from different backgrounds and cultures a lot more easily than if I didn't have that experience. I'm very sure about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. And let me ask you, how do you see yourself in five years? Well, I see myself having a great family life, good health, focusing on my health in the right way with regards to fitness, doing what is necessary, challenging my body, you know, pushing the limits in a constructive way. Um, probably, uh, you know, following a little bit more of uh, the vegan path, maybe. You know? <laughs> um, growing spiritually and uh, being more engaged with my wor- uh, work wholeheartedly, finding meaning in everything. And I really like um, what uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson says, and he talks about um, responsibility and um, the responsibility for being. You know, so I feel that a part of your meaning comes from the kind of responsibility you take on rather than, okay, I have to be like crazy about something or in love with something or necessarily passionate with something. Because, you know, you see a lot of people, uh, they fail to really identify what they're passionate about. And not everybody's, you know, that driven or passionate about some particular thing to such an extreme that they would basically be focused on it completely, you know. Um, and life has uh, many different aspects to it, you know. Um, career, of course, is one of the main ones. But I, I feel um, responsibility uh, is one of, one of the things that we uh, need to think about more, you know, when it comes to deciding what path we're going to take in life. It's totally right. I've heard this from Jim Quick. I don't know if you know him. It's a uh, brain coach. And he says he turns this uh, for the movie Spider-Man with big, um, you, do you remember? Big. The, yes, with, are you talking about with greater, with greater power comes greater responsibility? Exactly. But he turns yeah. around. With big responsibility, there is a big power. So yeah. as you were saying, absolutely yeah. responsibility, you will find a lot of power. So it's really nice what you were saying. Yes, it's totally. And I, we've heard many things in your path until you, you talked about now and how different it's uh, everything since the beginning. Um, let me ask you, what is the thing you did for your success? Um, yeah, I would like to say that basically I can sum it down um, with what one of my mentors tells me. In order to grow as individuals, we must leave the comfort of our castle and go out into the jungle to truly know ourselves. When we face the unknown, that's when we truly discover who we are. And that's why I um, always try to face my fears and put myself in, uh, you know, uh, well, constructive challenges. You know, challenges basically where I can 
uh, grow and face my fears and basically come out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And one of those things are uh, martial arts. The other thing is this, what I'm doing <laughs> you know, with podcasting. I never imagined myself even two months ago that I would uh, pick up the mic and uh, start. But here we are. Nice. Yeah. The moment that you grow, it's, it's when you are out of your comfort, in, out of the comfort zone. And what you're doing, right? Being in martial arts, as you said, uh, push you to different limits. And now doing the podcast also will be uh, time to being out of comfort zone because sometimes as a Dutch person, you're just surrounded by machines. <laughs> I don't know if it happens to you, but for me, yes, it is. It's like that. Most of the time, it's machines, uh, PCs, or things like that. So yeah. there is not much interaction with people. But in podcast, it's totally different because you interact with people. Uh, it's it's a different world, of course. And I'm really glad you we are together in this journey, and we met here. Uh, it's really a thrill. Uh, I'm really glad. It is. Yes. 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 Let me ask you the last two questions. Uh, go, we're going to the end of this episode. And one is the best advice you received. Maybe you mentioned it already. And the other is what is the worst advice you received? Well, the worst advice was, um, you know, Money is everything. And I think that was the worst advice I received. And uh, I, I heard it, you know, from, uh, from a few people. But uh, one of my close friends uh, earlier on, back in the school days, I think he was probably picking up those values from maybe his parents. I'm not too sure about that. But, yeah, I could just see uh, so much narrow-mindedness. And I'm glad that that didn't really, um, you know, I, I didn't really accept that in my mind. But that was probably the worst advice that anybody could get. Yes, it is. And I think it's the advice of society nowadays. Mm-hmm. Because people, it's like having a zombie light. I call it like, like that. Or they are the modern slaves. They work for money and they think it's everything. But they don't seek how to balance and use the money because... Uh, I think money is just a tool and part of energy that you can use it in order to improve yourself. So it's it's really uh, not good advice. <laughs> yes. And the best advice, can you tell us again, please? The best advice was uh, from one of my mentors who basically um, spoke about going out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there are always things we're avoiding and we're kind of holding on to certain paradigms that kind of validate um, who we think we are, you know, and um, as he explains that we kind of build a castle around ourselves and we don't want to go outside that castle because we don't know what's there and we don't know. Uh, We don't want to know what's out there. So basically um, to be more content, not just actually materially successful, but actually, Um, fulfilled inwardly and to be more happy I think um, we really have to get out of our comfort zone and leave our castle and go out into the jungle and venture into you know 
unknown areas, things we are afraid to do, um, things we don't want to confront, you know, um, and uh, really face the unknown and seek new challenges and grow. I think that's one of the best advice I received because, you know, um, some people really uh, talk about having going through the safe path and that's all fine. Of course, you have to take measured risks um, in life, but, you know, there, there's a very fine line between taking a measured risk and avoiding what can help you to grow. And I think that was the best advice to get out of your comfort zone and, um, you know, face, face uh, the challenges that you need to. Totally agree. Yes. It's really good advice because it helps you to be in movement and growing. And well, we've arrived to the end of the episode. It's really, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, in the podcast. I hope this is not the last one that we'll be, uh, we'll be able to talk because I'm sure there will be questions, more questions. Maybe people will um, send questions and you will help us to answer maybe in the next, in, in another episode. I would like you to be around. So I'm really glad. Oh, great. And, and before we finish, do you want to say something? I just want to say that... Um, I'm, I'm really happy that you invited me and we got a chance to speak about such important things. Um, I just feel that uh, technology has a lot to offer. And at the same time, we shouldn't forget about developing our own creativity. And that's why even in my podcast, that's, uh, those are the two areas I seek to merge. And um, we should just never be afraid of AI and what the future holds. I think if we truly um, focus on what's important and focus on our own, you know, human element and our own creative gifts, then we can definitely uh, have a fulfilled life and let the AI do all the other chores. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And if people like to hear more about you or listen to podcasts, Uh, where is the best place to find you? Sure. You can go on iTunes and just um, type in Inspired Direct, and that's where you'll see my podcast. Awesome. Also, I will put the, the link in the episode, the, the details in the descriptions. And, well, it's been a pleasure again, and thank you, and see you next time. Thank you so much, Christian.